0: 24. Jake. The flying dinosaurs were above us. That was the problem. We were more maneuverable, but they had the altitude. And slowly, but surely, by circling above us, they were forcing us down and down. Down toward the glimmering city below us. I looked in every direction. How to get away? How to get out from under this trap? The silver flying saucer was now only 20 feet below us. The highest spires of the alien city just another thirty feet lower than that. We were trapped. If we went up, the flying dinosaurs. If we went down, the city full of bright, bizarre, two-handed crabs. Back to the cliff wall, I said. The thermals will be strongest there. Maybe we can get enough lift to outrun them straight up. We curved back toward the cliff wall. Four of us, Cassie and Marco in Ospreymorph, acts as a northern harrier. And me, as a peregrine falcon. We flapped at full speed for the cliffs. I could see colonies of the flying dinosaurs nesting there on crags and shallow caves. More were taking wing. Stupid! I was leading everyone right back toward more of the creatures. And yet, it might just work. Get ready, everyone! Hug that cliff wall! I was ten seconds from slamming right into the cliff. Five. Three! Something falling toward me. Quick turn left. Two dinosaurs, looking like miniature Tyrannosaurus, were falling, kicking and scrabbling. They'd leapt off the cliff. A shower of rock was dislodged behind them. They fell. The leather-winged flying dinosaurs closed in on us. In a flash of swift movement, one of the falling dinosaurs reached out with its little forepaw and snagged one of the leather wings. To my utter amazement, I saw him reach with his free claw to grab the other wingtip The dinosaur spread the wings as far as it could 20 feet of leathery wing, like a hang glider Just enough to glide with The second dinosaur caught a leg on a jutting rock It slowed the fall, but only for a second Then it tumbled away, but now there was enough time The dinosaur with the living hang glider swept toward it Rachel, get ready to grab something the first dinosaur yelled It was as if someone had stuck a thousand volt wire in my ear Tobias? Jake? Wham! Tobias and for Rachel and slammed into her Rachel was knocked into the cliff wall Tobias was able to catch a ledge Rachel scrabbled frantically But kept missing her hold She tumbled into a nest of the flying dinosaurs There was a furious falling Rattling Screaming Dirt flying tussle that rolled down the cliff But when the dust cleared There was Rachel Or at least a dinosaur Holding tight to the legs of one big leather wing And the neck of another She dragged them down the side of that cliff Both of them flapping madly I dove after her Calling to the others Down, down, down Then wham She landed But not on the valley floor She landed in mid-air she was crumpled on what looked like midair, and the two tattered leather wings were beside her, also in midair. Force field! Axe yelled. I pulled up just as my breastbone scraped along what seemed like a pure, clear glass roof. The other swooped down and landed on the force field. Rachel? Cussie cried. Is that you? Of course it's me, Rachel said. Sounding as if the idea of her being some little dinosaur who just jumped off a cliff, grabbed a pair of giant leather dinosaurs, and laid it on an alien force field was totally normal. Who else would it be? We were all treated to the utterly bizarre sight of an osprey attempting to hug a dinosaur. I know this is kind of obvious, Marco began. But you're both alive. Of course, Tobias said. You think getting eaten by a Kronosaurus was going to kill us? Nah. Or being chased by a pack of Deinonychus. What are you, dinosaur boy? Marco asked. Now you know what I've been putting up with since yesterday. Rachel said. This-asaurus and that-asaurus. Tobias battles them off like they were... I don't know. Like any normal person would rattle off the names of major clothing designers. What do you call the morphs you in? I asked. Deinonychus. And those flying reptiles there are pteranodons, Tobias said. Am I the only person who ever played with dinosaurs when I was little? Hey, there are buildings down there, Rachel said. What's going on? We're being chased by these aliens who are ants, but who can join together to form bodies and carry guns. He, or they, said they were the Nesk. Every eye turned to Axe. He sounded a little exasperated. I don't know. Never heard of them. We are millions of years in the past, you know. I cannot be expected to know every species in the history of the galaxy. At least 65 million years in the past, Tobias said. Cretaceous age, the last age of dinosaurs. Marco moaned. Oh man, 65 million years? I thought it was just maybe six or seven million years. I was holding out hope that we'd find some primitive people. You know, like in that old movie, Quest for Fire. Only the Babe tribe, not the hairy tribe. There would be this primitive tribe, and because of my superior knowledge, I would become their ruler. Your superior knowledge of what, Marco? Your superior knowledge of Spider-Man's superpowers? Rachel asked scornfully. You run into a tribe of Neanderthals? you'd end up being their pet monkey. Everyone laughed, even Marco. It was good having the group together again, but it had to get us moving. Excuse me, but we seem to be standing on a force field a hundred feet or so above a valley filled with aliens. Maybe we should leave. Unfortunately, there are still a bunch of mad pteranodons above us. And maybe a small ship full of those Nesk-whatevers, Tobias pointed out. Are they the same aliens who are down there in this valley? Now, a voice said, the Nask and the Makora are not the same. I looked at Axe. He looked at me. Everyone looked at everyone else. None of us had spoken. None of us even knew the word Makora. Out across the force field, they appeared very gradually. At first, there was just a ripple in the air, then a sort of bad TV picture full of static. Then, the picture was clear, and real, and three-dimensional. A localized, force-field-derived sensor shield, Axe said enthusiastically. Excellent. We were face-to-face with the aliens. Not that we could be sure where the face was, exactly. Chapter 25, Axe. We Endolites know more about alien races than anyone in the galaxy. We have been in space longer, and traveled further. Plus, we are scientists as well as warriors, so when we find a new race, we study it, as opposed to wiping it out or enslaving it, as the Yerks do. We know of the Geds, and hork and Taxons, the Korla, the Skrisna, the humans, and many, many others. But this race, these Mercora, were just strange. For one thing, they were not at all symmetrical. There were three of the creatures. They moved upon seven legs, four on one side, three on the other. To make matters worse, the four legs were larger than the three, so they scuttled sideways in the direction of the small legs. They stood about half the height of a tall human, and seven or eight feet wide. On the side with the four big legs, there was a sort of three-way pincer claw. It looked very powerful. It looked like the sort of thing I would not want to have to fight against. On the other side, the weak side, there were two arms similar to my own, but even stronger than human arms. The arms ended in long, tapered, delicate fingers. There were a lot of eyes. They kept opening and shutting, one or two or three at a time. They were each hidden beneath tiny trap doors in the Mercora's exoskeleton or shell. Eyes were forever appearing and disappearing. It was very, very distracting. Finally, Marco muttered, Someone who can win a staring contest with Axe. We are the Makora, one of them said in thought. Speak. We are immigrants to this planet. We thought we had encountered most of the many species of this planet. But we have never encountered an intelligent species here before. They think we're intelligent, Rachel whispered. So Marco, keep quiet. We don't want them to learn the truth. It is strange the way humans will resort to what they call humor when they are frightened. Once again, it struck me as strange that they had risen to dominate the very dangerous and hostile environment of Earth. I wondered how well they would have fared if they had coexisted with the dinosaurs. May I ask what you call yourselves? The Makora spokesman said. Is it safe to tell them the truth? Cassie asked us all privately. We are 65 million years before the first yerk will show up on Earth, Prince Jake said. And maybe these Makora can help us get back home. Prince Jake stepped forward, as well as a falcon walking on a force field could step. We are called humans, except for this one. He tilted his head toward me. He is an Andalite. The Makora looked confused Maybe It was hard to tell I can barely interpret human facial expressions But in any case It opened and closed groups of eyes In rapid succession Do you inhabit this continent? Well... Prince Jake said That's kind of a long story Um, Axe? You can probably explain it better than I can Yes, Prince Jake. We are from the future, I said. Hey, that's a much better explanation than Jake could have come up with, Marco said. We are from the future. Thank goodness we have a brilliant alien space boy here who can explain things. The future, the Makora said. How far in the future? A... a long, long way. I responded. Not to get all technical or anything, Marco said dryly. Look, sir, ma'am, whatever you are, Mr. or Miss Makoro, we aren't what we seem. If you promise not to tell some people who won't even exist for another 65 million years, we'll show you, okay? Yeah, let's do it, Prince Jake said. What do we have to lose? Aside from our lives... "'Rachel added dryly. "'My decision,' Prince Jake said heavily. "'I think we should demorph.' "'I began to do so. "'It must have seemed a bizarre sight for the Makora. "'They each opened a startling number of eyes. "'Tobias went from dinosaur to hawk. "'Rachel from dinosaur to human. "'Cassie, Marco, and Prince Jake from bird to human.' And I morphed from bird to Endelite. As you see, I explained, we are two different species. They are human. I am Andalite. And what is he? The Makora asked, pointing both hands at Tobias. He is a human, but he suffered an accident and was trapped in his morph. Those are a strange species. The Makora said, But you are welcome as long as you come in peace and do not serve the Nesk. It was the Nesk that chased us here, Rachel said. Wow, it's sound, the Makora commented. Yes, it does when it's not in morph, Rachel said. I get the idea you and the Nesk don't get along. They are attempting to destroy us. They want the planet for themselves. We do not wish to leave. This is our world now. Our original planet was destroyed when our sun was drawn toward a black hole. We are all that is left of the Makora, and we cannot leave this planet. Not that we would ever wish to. It is wonderful. Wonderful. And it will be our home forever. A second Makora spoke up. What planet in the future are you from, you humans and Adalites? Cassie started to answer. Actually, we're from Earth, which is our name for... Suddenly, she fell silent and looked shocked. Tobias was staring intensely at her. And then he spoke to me in the personal, private, thought-speak whisper he'd used to silence Cassie. A whisper the Makora could not hear. No one tell them we are from this planet! Tobias said. Hear me? No one tells them that this is our planet. For a moment, I was surprised. Slowly, understanding dawned on me. The Makora were wrong. They were not going to be a part of Earth's future. They were destined to either leave or to be destroyed. Chapter 26 Marco You know... For being big, lopsided crabs with way too many eyeballs. These guys are really alright, I said as I reclined against a force field shaped into an easy chair and tinted an attractive blue. A day had gone by. The Makora had speed healed Tobias' busted wing, fed us, custom-designed a place for us to stay, and even attempted to make clothing for us. I was feeling pretty relaxed, gazing out of a window down at the Makora who were busily working in the fields, tending their broccoli. Yes, broccoli Turns out broccoli isn't even from Earth originally The Makora imported it from their home planet Which explains a lot, I think We have a nice apartment We have food Sadly, it's all vegetables But hey, later we can introduce the concept of the McRex Two all-tyrannosaurus patties Special sauce Lettuce, cheese, pickles Onions on a sesame seed bun The McRex The quarter-tonner with cheese and not to be impolite about our new pals here But I'll bet these Makora would be pretty tasty Served with some melted butter What are we doing here? Rachel demanded What are we going to do? Just sit around on these lazy boy force fields Eat broccoli And listen to Marco babble like an idiot? That's when Axe came back in the room He'd been talking to the Makora. They found it easier communicating with him Because he uses Thoughtspeak like they do I have questioned the Makoro Axe announced. In order to repair the serial rip and snap us back to our own time, they say, and I agree, that we would need an explosion of great power. At least as great as the power of that fusion weapon aboard the submarine. The Makora pointed out that such an explosion would annihilate this entire settlement. So, we do the explosion out in the countryside, Rachel said. And wipe out a few hundred thousand dinosaurs? Cassie said Besides Jake pointed out The Makora have already told us They don't control the countryside Out there Beyond the force field The Nesk are more powerful I reached down and snagged a carrot stick From a little ice bowl At least carrots were from Earth I munched it Thought about making a Bugs Bunny joke Decided the joke I had in mind Wasn't all that funny Then said Look We all want to get back, right? Our families My dad but either we can, or we can't. If we can't, absolutely can't, then maybe we should just try and make the best of this. Axe came over to stand by the window. He looked out with his main eyes. One stark eye was pointed at me. The other was pointed toward the rest of the group. The Makora don't use explosive weapons anyway. They would not have anything powerful enough. However... I saw Rachel's head snap around. However, what? However, they say the Nest do have large explosive weapons. They say the Nest have a base 20 miles away. It is very well defended. No Makora ship could hope to get close. They have a standoff. The Nest cannot penetrate this valley through the force field. The Makora cannot eliminate the Nest base. Are you making a suggestion? Jake asked Axe. No, just reporting what I have learned from talking with the Makora. I sat up. I looked Axe in the eye. The eye pointed toward me, that is. Okay, what are you not mentioning? Axe turned back to the group, but kept that one eyeball on me. The Nesk are scavengers. The ships they fly, the weapons they use, are all modeled on the tools of races the Nest have defeated. The Nesk have learned to mimic the bodies and shapes of these other races in order to fire the weapons and fly the ships. The Nesk believe the dinosaurs belong to them, as their property. They believe this planet belongs to them. But they cannot tolerate the existence of other sentient, intelligent species. They are determined to wipe out the Mercora. You know, it doesn't matter if they're space ants or plain old Earth ants. Ants are just not nice people, I said, and munched a second carrot. Rachel rolled her eyes. Ants are not nice people? There's a brilliant comment. Okay, Jake said. So we have two alien races fighting to control Earth. The Mercoras seem basically harmless. They just want to plant broccoli. That's not harmless, I muttered. And live here in their valley. The Nusk, on the other hand, are aggressive and murderous. The Makura can't help us. The Nusk maybe could help us, but won't, because, after all, we're an intelligent species too, and they don't like competition. Send Marco to talk to the Nesk, Rachel suggested brightly. They won't mind him. Ha! Ha ha! And also, ha, I said. Look, to get serious here, the Nesk didn't smoke that Spinosaurus that was going to eat Rachel and Tobias, right? Tobias stopped painting his feathers. He was perched on a force field table, having enjoyed a tasty prehistoric rat brought for him by the thoughtful Makora They knocked it out! It was alive, though! Exactly! So I guess the Nesk don't mind dinosaurs I mean, okay, if a Makora flying saucer shows up at the Nesk home base, they blast it But what if a whole different kind of army shows up there? Rachel suddenly grabbed my shoulder so enthusiastically it hurt It's a miracle! Merkel actually came up with a good idea. We can morph dinosaurs and stomp on in there, set off some big honking explosion, and maybe undo this serial rip of Axe's. It is not oh. mine, Sario, Axe began. Wait a minute, why are we attacking the Nesk? Cassie demanded. Just because we don't like them doesn't mean we take up sides in the Makora Nesk war. Look, I said, prying Rachel's gymnast strong fingers off my collarbone. We need a big explosion to hopefully close the Sario rip. The Nesk have things that go boom. And they aren't expecting a bunch of dinosaurs to show up asking to borrow a cup of plutonium, right? Now, that's not too complicated. Plutonium? Axe snorted, like I'd made a joke. Oh, you're serious. But maybe the Nesk have slightly more advanced explosives. What are you talking about? Gassy cried. We can't just go around picking fights like this. We all want to get back home, but we're 65 million years in the past. And we are not supposed to be here. Anything we do could end up changing the course of history in some terrible way. Oh, Jake said, nodding. We could do something that ends up totally altering the future without even knowing it, Cassie said. We could... I don't know. We could do something. Something wrong. We could change the future so that Hansen would never have existed, I said. I say we try You're going to try and wipe out every guy who's cuter than you, Marco? Rachel asked That's half the human race Look, we can't go messing with the future Cassie said It's too complicated Too many consequences Too late Tobias said, speaking up for the first time We have homo sapiens alive here in this timeline Not to mention me, whatever I am See this rat I just ate? This could have been the rat that will pass on the genetic material that someday grows a smarter rat. And 50 million years from now, maybe that's the DNA, the stuff that's needed to push the earliest primate over the top. I may have wiped out the human race. He looked down at the fur and bones. And it wasn't even a very good rat. Too thin and stringy. One by one, we all looked at Jake. Oh, please. I'm supposed to decide things that may wipe out the human race You're Batman, I said I'm just Robin, the boy wonder I added with a leer at Rachel Jake shrugged What are we supposed to do? Sit here and grow old, eating broccoli with the crab people? Never even try to go home? There is one other consideration Axe said We are here, which means we were here 65 million years in Earth's past. In other words, maybe our presence here is vital to the future. Maybe we did something that caused the future to happen the way it happened. Is anyone else's head exploding from all this? I asked. Great, Jake said, stomping a few steps in frustration, then turning around again. So if I suggest we attack the Nesk, maybe that wipes out the future. And if I suggest not to attack the Nask, that could also wipe out the future. Excellent. Perfect. As long as it's all nice and clear. This decision may not be clear, Tobias said quietly. But another decision may be so obvious we can't ignore it. No one asked what he meant, because at that point, some Makora showed up with more food. But I filed away his words. I filed them away in my head. And I had the definite feeling I'd be double-clicking on that file again. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, Sorry this one got out a little late. I did forget that I hadn't posted it yet tonight and had to run and finish editing real quick just now. But it's all good. Got it out on time. We're cool. Uh, Thank you for listening, I don't have any new notes here, so it's just, you know, your standard stuff. Uh, If you liked what you heard, and you use Apple Podcasts, you could leave me a rating or review, I sure would appreciate that. You could also tell a friend if you'd like. Um, If you'd like to get in touch with me, send me a question of some sort, send me a comment, send me a concern, send me a story, send me a poem, send me a picture, anything really. You can do that through audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast.gmail.com. And you can also uh, send text in through my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's the apodcalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. That is all I got. I think this week. Uh, I'm I'm 30 years old now. That's really weird. But uh, had a great birthday, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.